0: Candace Cameron Bure is an actress, a producer, and New York Times best-selling author. She's loved by millions worldwide for her roles as DJ Tanner in the iconic family sitcoms Full House and Fuller House, in romantic comedies, mysteries, and Christmas movies, as the former co-host of The View, and as a Dancing with the Stars season 18 finalist. She and her husband Val have been married for more than 25 years. They have three grown kids and they live with their lovable dog Boris, who's nearly eaten my leg three times. They live in the LA area, and Candace just might be the most famous person in her family. Candace, <laughs> welcome back to Takeaways.
1: I love your intros. Thanks.
0: <laughs> you know, as you can see, it's uh, we're in full-blown Christmas mode right now. We are. It's I've got beautiful. extra whipped cream on our hot chocolate.
1: Awesome, too, thanks for
0: that. And I thought that, you know, since we're in Christmas mode, who better to have on takeaways than you? I mean, (laughs) people look at you and they just think of Christmas. They think of snuggling up next to a fire in their Christmas sweater, watching their Christmas movie uh, with you in it, Uh uh, and Christmas wrapping paper, Christmas candles, Christmas memory books, (laughs) Christmas cards, everything. So thanks for coming on.
1: You're welcome, thanks for asking me back.
0: You know, I I was kind of thinking though that uh, this is a takeaways Christmas party we're having, but if this was a Mike Seaver Christmas party, Mm because that's one of the cool things about this is that people are looking here seeing DJ Tanner and Mike Seaver getting together for Christmas, but if Mike was decorating the place, he would wait and make this a secret Christmas party. He would wait till Maggie and Jason left the house to go to some neighbor's party and he would fake a sore throat so he could stay home. Then he'd invite all his friends (laughs) over. It would be a blast. And he'd have Bruce Springsteen playing Santa Claus is Coming to Town on the radio. Yes, It would be so much more exciting than if DJ Tanner threw the party.
1: No, that's not true. No? No, my my party would definitely top yours. Um, Well, DJ, first of all, she probably would have spent hours cleaning so everything would be like just, you know, spotless, spick and span. Perfect, and let's see. I mean, the decorations are pretty fantastic here, but like she would have probably quadruple the amount of (laughs) decorations. And probably Santa would be sitting here as well, ready for us to tell us our Christmas wishes.
0: I don't know, I don't know. We'll have to uh, let other people decide (laughs) who who they think would be more fun. Um, But one of the things I love about Christmas, Candace, is it gives us a chance to catch up. I mean, we live close together. Uh, in Los Angeles, but we're, we're so busy and mm-hmm. our kids are grown and we don't get to see family and friends as often, but things like Christmas uh, bring us together yeah. and uh, it's a great time to catch up. So catch us up on everything that you've been doing. You're so busy. What's happened in the last year since you were on Takeaways?
1: I just recently shot a new Christmas movie.
0: You're kidding. Yeah,
1: I know. Can you believe it? <laughs> um, but I have a, a production company, so I, I produced another Christmas film. Oh, so mine is called A Christmas... Present. And then uh, another movie that I produced this year is called Christmas on Candy Cane Lane. And that's starring Andrea Barber, who was on Fuller House and Full House. Um, I also took a desk job. I'm now the chief creative officer of Great American Media, which is the new network that I'm at called Great American Family, and very happy to be over there. And uh, what else? I started a podcast this year, so you can listen to it or even watch it on YouTube. It's the Candace Cameron Bure podcast. I'm still going strong on QVC. I have a, a clothing line that's exclusive there, as well as I'm um, working with Dr. Lancer Skincare. And then I have a whole brand of, of products that are all faith-based products. I called it call it a Mind Style brand because it's uh, things that are for your home but they affect your heart and your soul and your mind. Nice. And so it's all kind, kinds of positive, biblical, scriptural messages to put in your home, and products like uh, you know pillows and, and blankets, but devotionals and actually the Bible and, and, and framed art pieces that you can put on your wall so you can just um, see a little scripture, but it's all done in a really contemporary way.
0: Yeah, it's too bad you don't have anything going on. <laughs> <laughs> How about your kids? How about Val, what are, what are they so, up to?
1: Oh, Val and the kids are great. Val is, um, I mean, he just he does he does everything, but he he makes sure that he gets his hour run every single morning. Yeah. No matter what, Natasha's doing great. She's acting, she's singing. She released a, a few new songs on Spotify this year, and Lev just graduated university. And he got a BS in biblical and theological studies. Yeah. And Max is doing great. He's he's still finding what he's finding out what he wants to do. Yeah, yeah, and finding out who Max is.
0: I love all of your kids. Candice, I thought it would be fun if we opened up some presents that I'm gonna call Gifts from the Cameron Christmas Past.
1: Ooh, okay.
0: And talk about what these special significant gifts are. For us as kids okay right, you've got the first ones right over there in, in okay. the
1: box oh I, it's a christmas tree i have so many stories of of christmas trees growing up yeah do you remember the one year actually that i don't i don't know if we went out or just mom and dad went out to the forest and cut down the Christmas tree? Yeah, I think and then so. And then when we brought it home, we decorated it, but then it was like infested with bugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, was not, yeah
0: that, that wasn't a good tree.
1: That wasn't a good tree. And then um, I think my my favorite tree, though, was from Grandma Jean yes. and Pop Pop.
0: That's what I was hoping you'd remember.
1: Yeah, so they had this tree in their house that was like, it, it snowed. so. The the flocking in the snow would come down on the tree and and there was like a big
0: uh, like a big basin a big at the basin bottom.
1: at the bottom and then it would it would catch it but then it would kind of suck it up in a vacuum right through the center of the tree and then it, the snow would keep flowing
0: out. I loved that tree. Loved it was our too. favorite Christmas tree ever, <laughs> and I haven't been able to find one since.
1: Uh uh-uh.
0: All All right, here's uh, here's another one. I'm going to open this one. All right, does this remind you of anything? These. Bears, these big bears.
1: Yeah, that reminds me of all of our Christmases in Big Bear.
0: That's right. Big Bear,
1: California, so we had a home there.
0: And here we are in California and and you think of the beach and mountains and surfing, uh, but here it was snowing. There was a big lake in front of the house and we would go up there to go on the alpine slide, remember? Which would be this slide that would go down uh, this snowy mountain. But that house was a gathering place for all of our friends and family, and uh, we had so many adventures and great Christmases there.
1: We did. So many people, that's what I remember most is because it was always so full in there. Aunts, uncles, cousins, yeah. friends from all over. Even some, over the years, even some, some families from, from Make-A-Wish. Um, we had some special people that would come up and, and it was just like a revolving door. Everyone would be up there and we kind of all pick a day to go skiing and the, you know, mom would stay back with some of the other ladies and they'd be cooking dinner.
0: Do you remember the time when mom rescued your dog? (gasps) Mom rescued your dog and the lake lake was like freezing, almost frozen over and your dog got caught out in the water because she loved the water. She
1: did, there was something she got tangled in and mom, I mean, freezing and all. Yeah, she it. was just like, I'm, I'm going, I'm gonna. Yeah, that I was think mom. that was mom. She ran in and she rescued her, yeah.
0: Okay, you've got another gift back there. Oh. This is a present that should remind you of a very special Christmas.
1: Oh, <laughs> it's a meager little tree.
0: That's right, that's a Charlie <laughs> Brown it's Christmas tree. It's a Charlie
1: tree. Brown Christmas tree and we, we had a Charlie Brown Christmas Tree one year in Big Bear. Yep. It wasn't that, it wasn't in our home because at that time we didn't have a home yet. We had, um, I think, rented.
0: We rented s- it from Tracy Gold, who played Carol on Growing Pains, my yeah. little sister. Yeah. And it was her house, her family's house. Yeah.
1: So we actually, I believe it was Christmas Eve. And we'd we'd only gotten up there the day before. And so on Christmas Eve, we drove to the tree lot thinking, oh, we'll just get a tree. Yeah,
0: because we didn't have a tree yet.
1: And it was closed. There were no trees. It was like, who's buying a tree on Christmas Eve? And it was so disappointing. And there were a lot of us there. And I remember with cousin Megan like, and a couple other of us, we went and we just got the branches from the pine trees that were laying on the ground and we gathered as many branches and sticks and pine cones as we could. And we, we taped the branches on the wall. Yeah. And then we just like stuck some popcorn on them so we could decorate <laughs> it. And we had this Charlie Brown Christmas tree.
0: Isn't it great though, that you don't have to have this great, big, beautiful Christmas tree in order for it to be special. These are the kinds of things that we re- I don't even remember the great, yeah. big, great Christmas trees. Yeah. We remember the Charlie Brown tree. Yeah.
1: It's so cute. All right. check, check this you out. Do you have another one? We
0: have, well, it's right here. It's, it's the nativity. Oh. And yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but we had a nativity in our house every year. Mom would put the nativity mm-hmm. and the baby Jesus under the tree or on the mantle every year. And she would say, oh, this is baby Jesus. Uh, this is what Christmas is about. But I don't think we ever really understood it. We didn't really go to church as a family. We didn't Mm-mm. talk about God. Um, and it just seemed like this mysterious religious part of Christmas to me, but I never knew what it meant. Yeah, what, what, I, what was I didn't it like either. to you when you were little?
1: I'm trying to think, because I, I kind of vaguely rem, I vaguely remember the nativity being out, but even if I can kind of think about it in my memory, I, I didn't know what it was about. I didn't give it much thought. I'm kind of like, yeah, I guess maybe there was one out, but it was, was, of, it but was, it was that, definitely it was not the focus.
0: Out of the focus. Yeah. And, and now I think, my goodness, this is, it, this is everything. is the whole reason. In fact, my nativity in our house is up all year long. It's on a shelf um, in the kitchen yeah. just because, I don't know, yeah. I feel like of everything that I want to have as a decoration, I want to remember that here's this little baby who was born to die. Mm-hmm. From that eternal perspective, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit knew that that was the plan. Mm-hmm. From the moment he enters into the story, he is a baby born to die and King Herod was all out to kill him. He had all the young boys yes. m- murdered in an attempt to kill him, but God preserved him so that he would die at the right time so mm-hmm. that the rest of us could live. And, and, and one pastor pointed out to me that the word manger is a French word. And you think about Jesus was born in a, in a manger, and then later he says that I am the bread, bread of, of life. life. Yeah. That if, if if we eat of the bread of life, we won't ever be hungry again and, and, and we'll never die. You think, wow, that stuff is just yeah. mind blowing. Yep. Yeah. You think like, wow, God had all of that packed into the Christmas story from before the foundation of the world and and we get to discover it all now Mm -hmm. in fresh new ways every single year. Uh, We've been recounting some of our favorite family Christmas memories and Candace was just about to share uh, how the most memorable gift that she ever receives every Christmas is having me as her brother. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's let's talk about favorite memories (laughs) of Christmas gifts. Uh, You go first.
1: Okay, my favorite, well, gift as a kid was hands down my pink bicycle my first pink bike I learned to ride a bike and it was it was little it had a I I'm pretty sure it had white streamers on it and a little white basket in the front and our street that we grew up on had it was a very slight little hill it felt huge though yeah it did so we would I would I went up to the top of that dad helped me learn to ride the bike or maybe it was mom. I'm not sure but I may re- I think it was mom. I remember like someone finally letting go. Yeah. I was like, "Uh, y-. You can let go, you can yeah. let go. And they're like, I already did. And I was like, right. I'm, doing, I'm it. doing it, I'm doing it. Oh, it's the best. I,
0: yeah, I remember that hill because I went down that same hill on my little yellow skateboard that I got for Christmas one year. And I think it was you riding the bike. No, it was Bridget. She was riding yes. the bike in front and I was holding onto a yes. rope tied to the back of the bike. So she was going <laughs> extra fast. And she went off the jump that we built in front of the house and I was on the skateboard. I hit the plywood, I fell off and I broke my arm.
1: I remember. You remember that? Yep, I remember yeah, that. Little hill.
0: But it felt huge back then one of my favorite Christmas presents was More than anything I wanted a surfboard because Uncle Frankie would take us to the beach and I'd always body surf with dad But I wanted to get on a surfboard and Mm -hmm. be cool like Uncle Frank and one year We went out and by the Christmas tree wrapped up was a giant red surfboard Aww. And I was so excited about this yeah. because um, uh, I, I, I was gonna—I was from California. I had to be able to surf, and Frankie would teach us how to surf in Grandma and Grandpa's swimming pool. He would—he uh, tied a string to the front of the surfboard, like where the leash was, mm-hmm. in the deep end. I would lay on the board, and then he would pulled the surfboard as fast as he could across the pool to the shallow end. And by the time we got to the other end, I had to like pop up get and get into my surfing stance. Oh,
1: no way. Yeah,
0: and that's how I learned how to, you know, surf.
1: surf. Oh, that's yeah. cool, I didn't awesome. realize that.
0: Okay, how about the gift of mom's Christmas cookies?
1: Oh, that's the best gift of all.
0: Everybody wanted that gift.
1: Yeah, still today.
0: Everybody still wants that, yeah. those, those gifts. And, uh, When we would go uh, to the set at Christmas time on Growing Pains or Full House or anything that we did, Mm -hmm. mom would always bring a giant basket of cookies. She'd spend all day, the day before, maybe two days, Mm -hmm. and have like 200 cookies, Yes, 300 cookies.
1: And mom's cookies are so thin. They're chocolate chip lace cookies, so they don't compare to those. No,
0: these are sad representations of chocolate chip cookies. Moms, you could fit 10, cookies (laughs) Cookies <laughs> in the width of that cookie, hers were so maybe thin. Maybe not ten. Okay.
1: Maybe maybe two or three. They're so thin. Uh, it is a secret recipe. Still, I, I have it. I know it. You and, have the recipe. And Melissa and Bridget, our sisters, know it. Yeah, okay. I make them.
0: Yeah, you make them.
1: I make them. Not as good as mom. Well, no there's... one makes them like mom. But man, everyone. I and I used to make them when we lived in Florida for ten years, and I would give the gift of cookies to all my neighbors. So the first year was kind of like, oh, thanks. You know, a little tin of these funny, little thin looking cookies. And then the next year it was like, oh, when are the cookies coming? Right. You're making the cookies, right?
0: It's a huge (laughs) disappointment if mom doesn't make her cookies. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Um, how How about favorite? Christmas traditions. I know you guys have some at your house, we have some at our house. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll I'll go first with one of my favorites. One of the things I like to do is every Christmas morning, uh, since the kids were little, we would uh, send them up the stairs uh, where the boys were and they had to sit on the stairs where they couldn't see the Christmas tree because it was around the corner past the kitchen into the living room and uh, That was when Chelsea was getting the lights all set up and everything and I would always walk over to the bottom of the stairs I'd look up at all six of our kids sitting there so excited and with this sad sad face. I would say well kids I Have some bad news for you um, <laughs> Santa's very busy. He has lots of children to make toys for, and we can't blame him if he misses a house here and there. He's been so good to us in the past. We just need to be thankful, even if all we get is one present this year. (laughs) I would say the same thing every every single year. I still say it. My kids are 25, 24, 23, 22, and they still sit on the stairs. We still take the same picture with the same hot chocolate mug, and um, I tell them the same sad story every single year. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. How about you? Fal, my husband, is such a, a good chef. I mean, mm-hmm. he is such a good cook. Uh, amazing. He's amazing. Um, and more than just the grill and the barbecue. Like, he, he could open a restaurant and, and be a head chef. So one year, he made Beef Wellington a long time ago, and that has just become the staple for our Christmas Eve dinners.
0: Wait a minute. He makes Beef Wellington? Yeah. I've tried to make Beef Wellington. That's not easy. It's not. I need to be. I need to have some of this beef Wellington.
1: <laughs> We're st- yeah. It's so good. It's so good. And then usually, um, you know, mashed potatoes and all the things that oh, yeah. go along with it. But oh, um, but cream that,
0: and peppercorns and yeah. shallots and yeah. filet mignon and puff. Pe- I know yeah, what it is. Yeah, with the
1: mushrooms around oh. and some some really thick uh, bacon or prosciutto. Like he does. He, he's. We've done different things each year, but that's okay. always the meal. Usually, mom and dad come over, and uh, and then we go to our Christmas Eve church service, which is a Mm. candle lighting ceremony, which I love. I mean, our church is pretty big. There's a, it's a big sanctuary. And to see that the lights go out, and then one candle light up that whole place with a whole lot of candles, that part's so beautiful. And then when the the kids were really little on Christmas morning, we kind of followed the same tradition as mom and dad when we were little, was that no matter how early you wake up, you have to stay in your room and you can't come down or come out until you hear the Christmas music playing. Because mm. that just gives mom and dad time to like, right. put the coffee on, That's right, wake fry up. Up the, the bacon, <laughs> put some eggs on, make sure everything's settled. So I always love that with the kids. Is the music playing yet? Can you play the music? Uh,
0: yeah, right. <laughs> One of the other things that I would love to do, too, is, is um, on the night before Christmas, I would read, "'Twas the night before Christmas." Mm-hmm. And I would sit in my chair. I kind of set it up like this with a big fire. And I'd sit in my chair, and I'd actually, I had a pipe. And I put a pipe in my teeth. <laughs> this doesn't surprise you? No. You know? I know. I, I just might as well have goober written across my yeah, forehead. Yeah, totally. Uh, and I got a pipe in my in my teeth. And uh, I sit down. <laughs> I have all the, the kids gather around, sit sit you know, in a little circle, and I'd read for them. Twas the night before Christmas, went all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. And I, st- you know, but they still want me to read it. Yeah. <laughs> they still want me to read it. It's, I want to hear I'm you gonna, read it. And, and and then the Christmas dinner at the house, uh, where we would all gather as a family, and we would sing our Christmas carols. Yeah. And carol would come out, and mom, and Frank, and everybody oh, would everywhere. just sing at the top of their voices. Yeah. And we'd hark the herald angels sing. It was great.
1: Yeah. So good. Love it. Mm. And we
0: have our Christmas memories as children, but as parents, there's something really special about Christmas.
1: Yeah, it's so different to see it through the eyes of a parent. And, um, you know, of course, the first thing that the kids are always excited about are are the gifts they're going to get. And you want to surprise them in that way. And, you know, I have some really great memories with our kids. You know, when they were really young, it used to be, you know, running down the stairs and like everyone just go in for presents and that happened one year. And then I was like, okay, no, we're sitting in a circle. Everyone, you know, someone will pass a present to someone else that has your name on it. And we're going to open these individually one by one. Everyone gets the attention. Like let's slow this whole thing down and appreciate it. I remember one year we surprised the kids and we each gave them a gift and we said, open it up at the same time. And so they did. Natasha opened up a, a lei,
0: like a flower lei. A flower
1: lei. Lev opened up a coconut, and Max opened up a little ukulele, and they were like, "What? What's going on?" And we went, "We're going to Hawaii tonight," and they were like, "Ah!" Oh, wow. Like never. Like that. I mean, that was pretty extravagant, but like that was such a fun Super surprise exciting. as a parent to be able yeah. to give them and. Uh, they were, they were so excited, but, you know, some of the little, the little things just to see the excitement on their faces, but, totally. you know, we always, always start off though, cause the presents are, are really fun, especially when they're little because their eyes just get this big, you know, but we always, always just made sure that we started off reading the Bible too. I just always, mm. it's always been important to me to know how my kids know the reason we celebrate Christmas.
0: What are some of the things that you're most thankful for this year?
1: Oh, I mean everything I mean, I could just give you such a long list, but you know the this year i've just because of what what the world's gone through in the last couple of years, but also um, having lost a very close friend this year um, i I'm so appreciative of. My friendships and and I mean true friendships mm. all the the people in my life um, I'm so grateful for them and the people who speak encouragement into me and pray for our family and support us um, in all different ways. it just you know the older you get and you realize you can pretty much count your close friends you know on on your two hands and Man, I I love them so much, and it's like through thick and thin, you know who those people are. And I just, Uh, this year, I really recognized who those people are in my life, and I'm so grateful for them. Yeah. What about you? Yeah,
0: that resonates with me, too. Uh, True blue friends are hard to find. I think if you can go through life and say that even if you you could say you have one Mm -hmm. true friend, um, that you're very, very fortunate. And... um, I'm also thinking about how just thankful I am for um, our our kids, and we hope to have grandbabies sometime soon. Yes. Now that our kids are getting older, I know. Uh, a couple of them are married, and we are really excited about grandbabies. I
1: want them too. I don't have any married kids yet, though. I gotta wait a little longer.
0: Yeah, well, it gets really exciting. And, um, you know, one of the gifts that I told my kids that I want them to give me is one year without grandbabies. Because th- I'll, I'll, I'll explain, okay. I'll explain. I got my girlfriend all to myself for <laughs> like six years. Then we started a family and this little man comes into our life, our son Jack, who just you know hijacks uh, my wife's love completely right. with her whole heart. And then we had five more kids after that. And so it's been all kids, all babies, all the time. And I'm like, you know what? When all of you move out of the house and you get married, I want you to give me one year without grandbabies so that I can have my girlfriend back (laughs) again. We can travel, we can do stuff, because once the grandbabies come, I'm going to lose her to the grandbabies. Oh, I know that. Yeah.
1: I know that for sure. Yeah. Um, That's a, yeah, that's a a good Christmas (laughs) wish, Kirk.
0: (laughs) Well, what gives? You got no room for your brother in your Christmas movies?
1: You really want to go there?
0: Bring it. I can handle it.
1: (laughs) My Christmas movie from this year, A Christmas Present, that's on Great American Family Channel. It's this beautiful story about a a woman who's who's married, has a family, has two kids, and she has a brother whose wife recently passed, Mm -hmm. and he has a daughter, and... Um, I play this woman, Maggie, and, and she's, she's worried about her brother and the t- kind of Christmas he's gonna have because it's his first Christmas since his wife has passed. And so Maggie's a very you know, A-type personality, all about the fun, gotta do all the things for Christmas. And so she's like, I can't let my brother just sit in his house and uh, be miserable. Yeah. And so I'm gonna go take my family and we're gonna go stay with him for Christmas so she can just plan this extravagant, amazing Christmas for him and his daughter. Great. And um, the story that, that, that t- transpires is that her, her brother, Paul, actually is this, um, he's a man of faith and he's not as sad as Maggie would have thought um, of course, he, there's a sadness, but he has such hope and a hope that she's never known before mm. or thought of before because his hope is in Jesus and he knows he's going to see his wife again one day and his daughter's going to see her mom again one day. And so these two people like, there's just the, these great moments and great scenes where Maggie really learns about herself and her family and is interested, like, very curious about God but doesn't think that that really has worked in her life before. But he really teaches her um, this incredible lesson in the sense that being present for him is more important than going out and doing all the things. It's about Mm. relationship and conversation and actually focusing on family that's right in front of them instead of doing all these things where you're kind of together but you don't really spend time together. You're not really... Focused on one on one. It's a beautiful movie. I hope that everyone can watch it. Um,
0: <coughs> it sounds it was, like a great story. It was I <coughs> played the brother
1: written for you and me, <coughs> and somebody <laughs> bailed on me.
0: All right, I ghosted <coughs> her. I ghosted her. I ghosted my own sister.
1: He did. It's the truth. You ghosted me. So I created this beautiful, beautiful story for you and me. Um, And And I was going to play the brother. You were going to play my brother. The man of faith. Yes. (laughs) Who
0: who likes to be present, who actually taught his sister a lesson. You came to teach your brother a lesson. You felt sorry for me. And then I was supposed to end up teaching you this great lesson and help you come to faith in the Lord.
1: Yeah. And then I got a phone call that said, can I got too much going on. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do the movie. <laughs> it was like. I know. Wah, wah. I know.
0: I, but I first, was so looking forward to it, and I feel terrible about it. And th- I felt like there was nothing I could do.
1: I know. I know. Well, the good thing is, I had no offense. But on screen brother. Saying. His name's Paul Fitzgerald. He was so wonderful. <laughs> oh wow. He was he was really great. So I'm very mm-hmm. grateful that I got to know him and meet him because I just we connected and feel like he's a he's a friend for life. So um I don't know. We'll, we'll see how good the Christmas <clears throat> present is this year, because we'll see if I'll uh, write another one for you and me.
0: See, you, sometimes <laughs> you just gotta settle for second best, and, but sometimes it works out for the best. <laughs> so um, I'll see. I'll try to schedule a little time next year in my schedule, and maybe we yeah. can make this work again. Yeah.
1: I think you need to watch A Christmas Present. I
0: think, <laughs> I, think I do. I think I do. Kenneth, you're in so many Christmas projects. I mean, you you have Christmas lines of of products and Christmas movies and TV shows and you're producing and acting and and, uh, helping with the writing with all these things. Um, It seems like you have Christmas on your brain all year long. What is it about Christmas-centric projects that you like so much?
1: I never thought that I would be known for Christmas in my career, truly. And it is something that I absolutely love. Like, I'm so grateful to God that I'm like, really? God, I get to make Christmas movies and people are Mm. gonna come to know them and love them and I get to look forward to them, making them every year. Um, I love it because everyone's a little nicer, a little kinder during Christmas. Uh. It, It comes with so much emotion. It comes with happiness. It can sometimes come with sadness, but often from missing people in our lives it comes with remembrance. It is the easiest and most perfect time to actually share the gospel message mm. and share god and and Jesus with people. So I love that that God has given me a platform or a, a talent and an ability that I get to make these fun Christmas movies and and yet I, people love watching them, but it lends itself to such an easy conversation to to talk about the real true meaning of Christmas for mm. people. And so it's just like this this open door and I love everything that comes with it. I really do. I love the commercialism of Christmas because I love decorating. I love the Christmas tree and I love the foods and the, the smells and the music and the drinks and all of those things. Yeah. But all of that is is really just um, the fluffy, beautiful part that I get to tell the actual real beautiful story and give the real gift
0: I love of that. God. Yeah. I-, I love that. And I'm glad you brought up about, uh, you know, so many people say, well, Christmas has gotten to, to be too commercialized, um, uh, I heard one pastor point out that he said, "You know, when people say that Christmas has just gotten to be, um, it's 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 too materialistic. You know, uh, it's not about materialism." And he said, and he pointed out, he said, "But you know, um, those who want to just keep Christmas in the spiritual realm have to remember that we have a God who created a material universe, mm-hmm. things that we can hold with our hands and bodies that actually." eat and taste food and smell incredible Mm -hmm. fragrances and aromas. And so if our Christmas can't be downloaded into turkeys baking in the oven and fudge on a plate Mm -hmm. and hot chocolate with whipped cream piled high, well, then what kind of a Christmas do you have? Let's just celebrate. Let's make sure that we don't uh, max out our credit cards and Mm -hmm. uh, we focus on the wrong things. But let the birth of Jesus be represented in everything we do, including our decorations and yeah. our and our gift giving and in our, our feasting.
1: Exactly. I love it because I love to have if if I can have a little Christmas party at my house and gather my friends over, I love to do that. But you know, you better believe like I'm I'm Sharing God with people. I love that Christmas is the the easiest time to invite friends to church that might not otherwise go. Yeah, um, and I know even like I was talking about our candlelit service. It's so beautiful. So I know that not only does it not disappoint, they're gonna they're gonna love it even if they're not normal churchgoers or they might be a little timid to go, but. And then I and then I know the work that God can do in hearts, you know, right. so it just lends it all the goodness. It's the best the, time of year. It's the best time of year.
0: It is the music. Bing Crosby, uh, oh, yeah. you know, White Christmas. I mean, that, that's when I want to put on a robe with a yeah. scarf and a pipe in my teeth. <laughs> and I want to I want to read Twas the Night Before Christmas. <laughs> Rose Chestnuts on My Fire. I actually do that, too. OK, Candace, what what about your favorite Christmas songs? Do you have any favorite Christmas carols oh. or songs that you love to sing?
1: I really love Silent Night. I Mm. really love Joy to the World.
0: Me too. I know one of my favorites is Hark the the Herald Angels Sing. Glory to the newborn king. But there's a hidden stanza that most people never know about. It's like the second or third. And it goes like, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. And I love that because that's talking about the new birth. When we put our faith in Jesus and his death and his resurrection, we're born again. We're not just born physically the first time, but we're experiencing that second birth from heaven when God transforms us into a new creation by faith. Love that song.
1: Yeah, I love that. I do love that, too. My other my other favorite, it just hit me, is um, Go tell it on, on the mountain, mountain over, over the hills and hills
0: everywhere go, go Hey, we could go on the road on with this. We, <laughs> we could be, be like the, the new Dottie
1: and Marie. Donnie and Marie Osmond. Yes! Let's that- do it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Except
1: I can't sing. I
0: can't either. I sound like a rooster with laryngitis. I keep practicing, but it doesn't get better. <laughs>
1: hey, I think our Christmas carol singing uh, on Christmas Day is pretty darn good. It is. In your living room.
0: Yeah, we need to do it again.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Candice, you know how Christmas is filled with so much activity mm-hmm. that it's, 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 it's this huge buildup to Christmas, and then afterwards, sometimes it can be like the popping of a balloon, and you're just, like, exhausted. And sometimes people can get a little depressed after yeah. all the excitement is over. But then there's New Year's. hmm Some people make a big deal about that, and they can't wait for a fresh start. What, what's it like for you between Christmas and New Year's?
1: I really like the downtime of Christmas because I do work really hard throughout the year. So I love that time to decompress. I actually go off social media, which Uh makes me feel really good and clear out my mind. But, I can't sit still for very long. <laughs> I really can't. So by the time New Year's comes, New Year's Day, I am packing up the the Christmas decorations. I want to clean the house, like yeah. major cleaning going on. I think I am DJ Tanner, and um, and then I look forward to the new year. I think about what are the goals I want to accomplish. Uh, I set my priorities. I'm I'm always ready to go. Like. Let's get let's get back on the yeah. clock and like get into this.
0: Yeah, fresh starts are great. Yeah. I love fresh starts. Yeah. Every new morning is a fresh start. But the but the beginning of a brand new year brings an opportunity to say, hey, some changes need to be made. Let's yes. let's go for it. Yeah. So do you make New Year's resolutions, or are you not a resolution person?
1: I'm not a resolution person because I feel like I always fail, <laughs> that I never keep them. So instead. I guess it's the same thing, but I will write some goals, but I don't have the pressure that it's, I have to do this, and I feel like that's what a resolution is. But I go, let's put out some goals here. Let's think um, what what I would like to accomplish. I like to have a word for the year,
0: mm.
1: and, and, and then I might also think about a scripture verse to be the verse of the year, and those, those helped me through and sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're right on. And sometimes I'm like, hey, I thought my word was, actually my word um, for this year was, was bloom. So I, I think I have bloomed um, in terms of business and, and grown in that way. So it was a, it was a really great word. And I, I already know what my word is gonna be. God gave me my word in the last couple of days for what my, my yeah. word is going can, into the new you, year. Can
0: you tell us what that is?
1: I can, it's a really simple word. It only has three letters. It's joy. It's joy. And um, I know I'm a pretty joyful person, but in the deeper meaning when the Bible says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, for when you face trials of many kind, because those trials produce endurance. Mm. And I want to endure because that endurance Produces proven character. Yeah. And that proven character produces hope mm. that's only found in God. And so my word for the year is joy.
0: All right, Candace, you know what this means. Get what? ready for trials. Because if you're looking for joy, <laughs> the Lord needs to bring you trials. And, 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 you know, I'm thankful for mean people. I'm <laughs> thankful for, for, for uh, mean people and for trials because I know that that's going to test my faith. It's gonna produce that proven character yep. and that's gonna give way to hope and faith and it doesn't disappoint us yep. nope. because we have it the spirit. Yes. That's the, the deposit, the down payment, the yes. guarantee. It's in our heart. Amen. We're having church right here on Takeaways. Yep. I love this. Mm-hmm. Candice, is, is there anything that you're looking forward to this next year that you just uh, have always wanted to be able to do a better job of, like, uh, like you want to get fit this year, you want to get in shape this year.
1: <laughs> what? Well, what are you saying?
0: <laughs> no, 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 no! You're taking this all we, wrong. We
1: kid, we kid. Yeah, I know. Did you want to have a push-up contest right here, right now?
0: No, I don't want to embarrass you, Candace. <laughs> sure. Really, please, please. Sure.
1: Um, (laughs) I actually do want to improve upon my fitness this year. No,
0: you're so driven with so many things that you do, not only your career, but your whole fitness and and everything. In fact, I'd like to know, how do you stay so committed and disciplined when you have so many things going on? I mean, how do you, how how do you do that?
1: Well, I do, there is an ebb and and flow and I do have lulls and this year, this year actually was a, it's been a, a tough year for me, um, in, in many ways on a personal level, so Part of that, you know, I, I do what I can, and and I'm come to know that as long as I keep doing it, even if it's not consistent, but you always go back to it. Yeah, that it's great. It's okay. So my fitness hasn't been as strong as it normally is because I love fitness and and uh, I love the challenge of it. But I but I have grace for myself when it's just not there. That it's okay if I if I'm not at the gym for a month or two but Absolutely. i can always go back and i do
0: resolutions are not uh, one of the things that god tells us to do uh because it's healthy for us is to we've got to renew our mind we got to constantly be renewing our mind washing our 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 brain with the word of god what are some of the ways that you are able to continually renew your mind
1: yeah i don't know about you but as an as an actor i'll tell you i have a hard time with scripture memorization and some people would say, but you you memorize lines for a living. And I do. And I can memorize very quickly. The problem is I throw it out very quickly. Because right. whatever I say that day with lines, I don't have to say it the next day. So it, it, it leaves my brain. And so oftentimes, m- memorizing scripture is very difficult for me in the long term. And um, I'm trying to put together some new practices so I can remember that. But what I... What I know to be true because it's my job is that the easiest way to memorize is repetition, repetition, repetition. When I work on my lines in a script for the night and I have 11 pages I have to memorize, repetition, 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 and I can wake up that next morning and I'm like, I don't even have to look at it. I just know it, it's in here because I've said it so many times. So it's just a reminder that whatever scripture you wanna memorize, whether you write it on a card, whether you put it up on your bathroom mirror, whether you're opening up your Bible and it's there to read it, keep reading it every day, yep. every day, every day, and you won't you won't forget it.
0: I picture this um, a sponge, a sponge that's dry. Um, Uh, Well, not much comes out of the sponge when it's dry, but when it's saturated, you just touch that sponge and it just sort of like leaks water. Mm -hmm. And I feel like after 30 years of reading the Bible, and if you have a habit of continually reading it, it just sort of soaks into you and you just kind of become saturated with it. And then it just sort of, you know, it leaks out in here, here and there. and, And that's kind of exciting. Yeah. What are some signs that you look for to indicate to you that God wants you to slow down?
1: My husband. Your husband. My husband tells me, he's like, slow down. Um, No, in a very good way, he really does. Um, You know, a lot of times God just speaks to my heart, but I have people in my life as well that will tell me um, to take a break. I think as I have gotten older and every year, and especially because of the last two years, I've learned to keep my priorities straight and mm. I've learned to balance them better. And that's just from being aware of them and knowing what my weaknesses are and where my trouble spots are and yeah. keeping an eye on them mm. so that I know if, th- if this is an area of weakness, I have to pay extra attention to it so that I don't, I don't lean into that unknowingly.
0: Yeah. Kenneth, what about the new year containing uh, potentially difficult things that we don't even know are coming? One of the things people experience is like, man, if I had known this last year, what was coming this last year, I don't know that I would have made it through. This coming year may contain some scary stuff. How do I enter into a new year saying, okay, I can do, I can do this. Yeah. How do you keep yourself grounded and stable? Oh.
1: I'm praising God that I don't know what's coming. Mm. I just look at it the opposite way. When you said that, I'm like, I'm so grateful I don't know what's coming because if I did have a heads up, man, would that be discouraging? So I look to God because he's my hope and I trust him.
0: And you don't worry about
1: I, I don't worry about it, but when I face that trial or I face that circumstance that's really difficult or something that slows me down, it's like okay, you know, you grab a hold of God, and you you know He's He's by your side, literally every step of the way, and oftentimes not just by your side, but literally carrying mm. you. God does that.
0: Tell me if you think this is crazy, but. Uh... Uh, Because I can often worry about the future, and and I know we shouldn't be doing that, I've come up with a little strategy that helps me. So I think of like, I've got small things to deal with, medium-sized things, large-sized, and then there's just like giant things out there in the world, and I kind of come up with this thing, almost like I've learned to savor, I I tell myself this, Kirk, savor the small things, like having a conversation with your sister and the hot chocolate.
1: Yes, I love that. Savor
0: the time you have with your family, and that God loves me and I'm healthy today and I'm yes. here. And then make much of the medium things. And what I mean by that is like, this TV show, do the best I can with what I am in control of. <laughs> do, be the best father, the best husband, be the best person I can in the realms where I have some influence. And then let go of the large things. Just mm-hmm. let them go, and those are the decisions that other people make that I have no control over. Candace, mm-hmm. I can't decide. I can't make your decisions for you. And so I'm not going to worry about what the president is saying or what uh, uh, is happening in the stock market over here or what some decision other person makes that I can't make. And then I celebrate the cosmic. Mm.
1: So I'm going from small, medium,
0: large, cosmic. And we say, wait a minute. And no matter what it looks like, God is working all things together for good for those who love him. Behind the curtain, he's saying, I got this. I'm still in my heaven. Everything, I'm not it. surprised by any of this.
1: So, savor the small, small things, make, make much, much of, of the medium. medium things,
0: let go, let of, go the large, of the
1: large, and then celebrate the cosmic. I love like, that! You know, these
0: little things, yeah, and I'm going great. into the new year saying if I can try to remember that every day, yeah. I think I'll be a lot less stressed.
1: Yeah. I always like that analogy um, about filling up a jar with different, with rocks and stones mm. and sand. Yeah. Because it may, helps me think about my priorities, which I do at the beginning of the year too. Like, what are the important things in life? Oh, and you, oh the and rocks you represent
0: the big things.
1: The rocks represent the big things, and you have some pebbles in there that represent the medium things, and then there's the sand oh, that's I love the that. small things. But when you fill it inside a jar, it's the order in which you fill them. So if you put the sand in first, and then you're your pebbles, you're not gonna have any room for the big rocks. Mm. And the rocks are the priority. But if you put the rocks in a jar first, then you can put the pebbles in, which are the medium size, so they Mm. kinda fill in. And then you put the sand in, which is the small stuff.
0: It fits around everything.
1: It fits in the cracks and you can get all of it in the jar. But if you did it the opposite, you can only get two things in there. So it's really about prioritizing what are the big things in my life so that I can make sure the medium things and the small things can still fit.
0: Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.